Hello, Dave. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Ollie. Hello, Ollie. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm all excited because I've just seen the new Star Wars trailer. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Ah, oh, it's great. Can I do my Chewbacca impression now? In a minute. Okay. But first, welcome to Sustainable 14. Cue Chewbacca impression. <laughs> That's really good. Thanks very much. That's really me doing that with my actual mouth. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Welcome. How, uh, how's uh is this the last sustainer babble from Loughborough Junction? Yeah, uh possibly. There might be one more. There right. might be one more, but let's it's it's possibly the last sustainable from from Loughborough Junction. Um which is sad news for Loughborough Junction. They've enjoyed listening to me prattle on. Um but soon Leighton will have that pleasure for it is where I am moving moving. But Let's not focus on me. Um, we've got half an hour to do that. Let's focus on what's coming up in this show. What have we got this week, Dave? Well, we have got the joyous, wonderful world of political party manifestos. We've got a special edition of Sustainable, which is pretty much entirely given over to looking at these colossal works of literature that have come <laughs> out. Uh, you decide whether they should be filed on the fiction or non-fiction. Uh, Focus all the, on colossal, yes. less on literature. Yes, yeah, quite. They've all come out, and we're going to be having a look at some of the lows and highs, although probably mostly lows. Um, <laughs> this is Sustainable, in case you're wondering what on earth you're listening to sustainer babble is a weekly podcast which looks at the environment all the stuff that goes on in it and why on earth is it all so fluffy and full of meh and we work for environmental charities but it's very much our own boat that we're sailing here so please don't try and scuttle it if you don't like this it. this week more than ever absolutely yeah can't we stress that enough manifesto babble of the week so usually, listener, we at this point have a look at, at some of the nonsense that's been spoken in the name of going green. It's usually something a company or a minister or, or um, I don't know, some greenwash generally that has been spoken. But this week, we are spoiled. The parties, the main political parties in the UK have issued their manifestos, pithy little 80-page documents in which they say what they're going to do when they... Um, when they run the country, even though all of them know that they're not going to run the country. Yeah, these things are the most extraordinary documents. I don't actually understand what they're for, because what they are, they're a bunch of political parties that unless something extremely odd happens in the election on May the 7th, um, none of them are going to get to put most of this into practice. They're going to have to horse trade it and they're going to have to... um, you know, actually come up with a whole new set of agreements when they sit down with their friends and make coalitions or agreements or whatever they do, right? And some of these parties are never going to get a sniff of actually implementing any of them, some of the smaller ones. It's fiction, really, isn't it? Um, But, you know, for for the bigger parties, there's enough stuff in them that gives you a sort of shape of the kind of stuff they'll take in the government, right? So should we look at a few of the yeah, few of the yeah. things? What about, right. let's start purely for uh, alphabetical reasons, thinks very hard, yeah, I think that's right, with the Conservatives. Good. Um, I was hoping you'd say that, because yes. I've got some things to say. Hmm. Mm. Okay, well, let's start, okay, with, um, with, and I, I'm going to try very hard not to swear. Yeah, please okay, do. That's, please do. That's I'm, a... I'm editing this week and I, uh, I've only got so much beeping to go around. Okay, let's start 
with their favourite topic, which is wind farms, right? Now, you remember five years or so ago, David Cameron, a certain David Cameron, put a, a sodding grey, that was the first time when I managed to check myself, by the way, and didn't swear, I said sodding instead, a sodding grey wind turbine on his, on his house to prove how green he was. Probably took it down, but we'll get past that. And now, in this year's 2015 Conservative Manifesto, he said... This, we are going to halt the spread of subsidised onshore wind farms. Hmm, good. Thing is, in the next bullet, right next to it, right underneath, he said this. Meet our climate change commitments, cutting carbon emissions as cheaply as possible to save you money. Ah, um, mm. Me no understandy. Well, is that because, right, you know a thing or two about renewable technology and mm. one of the things or two that you know is that onshore wind farms are the, sort, the cheapest form of renewable technology. So if you had to cut carbon by law, which we do, mm. and if you wanted to do that, that means you have to do some renewable energy, really, doesn't it? Yeah. And if you wanted to do that as cost-effectively as possible and you promised that's what you were going to do... To save you money. To save you money. Save you money. And then you said, but we're not going to do that with the cheapest form of renewable energy. What sort of balls (laughs) are you talking? (laughs) Mega balls. Mega balls. Ultra balls. Here's, here's, uh, here's another one. Um, Arabella, please read me a sentence that doesn't make any sense whatsoever lifted straight out of the governing party of the United Kingdom's manifesto for the next five years. We will continue to do even more to tackle air pollution. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. That's exactly what I was asking. We will continue to do even more. That doesn't work in any English English language sense. That doesn't work. You're either going to do even more than you've done before or you're going to continue to do something exactly as you were doing it before. You can't have both. And that's before we get into the... Sorry, Dave, do you want to say anything? No, I'm, no, you, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying myself. I've got a hobnob. You carry on. <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to get my hobnob out. <laughs> you have a hobnob. Have a hobnob, Dave. King of Biscuits. Sit back and enjoy this. Because air pollution, right, is bad. It's really bad. 29,000 people a year die earlier than they should do because our air is really, really dirty. And you know what? There's some rules that say it shouldn't be that dirty. And the EU set those rules. And we have said, right, tell you what, we're going to ignore those rules because it's going to cost too much money to to meet them. So it's in three cities in the UK, Leeds, Birmingham and London, right, keep up. They said... The government's own figures say that they will not meet the, what, is, what are considered safe limits of air pollution until some point after 2030. Right. So what you're telling me is that they, this sentence, which doesn't make any sense, is promising to continue to do more than they're already doing, which doesn't make any sense, to do something that they're not doing enough of in the first place. Exactly. 
Fracking. Fracking gets a mention. They're keen on fracking. They say we will continue to support the safe development of shale gas, not the unsafe development of shale gas, Mm -hmm. the safe development of shale gas, and ensure that local communities share the proceeds through generous community benefit packages. It's not a bribe, but... It's what not, is it? It's not not a bribe either, is it? Um, and that's one of those sentences that uh, the late Simon Hoggart from The Guardian used to, I forget the exact phrase he used to use, but the sort of sentence that only if its opposite is patently ridiculous, there was no point making it in the first place. So yeah, the, that was his test, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So it was, the opposite of that sentence is, we will continue to support the unsafe development of shale gas. <laughs> like, nobody in the, What does it mean to say you support the safe <laughs> development of shale gas and tell you anything? Pointless, useless, waste of time, get out of my space. We are a great country With great people In the last five years I've heard your stories Your hopes and your dreams Yeah, and I have heard too your frustrations The countless people working as hard as they possibly can And still struggling to pay the bills This manifesto is inspired by you do me a favour. Do me a favour. Inspired by you. Uh, oh, I can see it now. I can see all those fiercely ambitious politicos sitting in Labour Party HQ going, I'm so inspired. So that's so uh, inspired. So the keen listeners will have picked up that we're now talking about the Labour manifesto, um, which starts with some quite astoundingly flabby, earnest guff um, and proceeds <laughs> proceeds from there i mean actually there's you know there's uh, just like all the manifestos there's good stuff and bad stuff in here but we we did want to point out just how awful that opening bit of text is it's really really bad um and there i i love i I really like this can i get arabella to say the bit that i really like from this but um you've already asked arabella to read out one completely meaningless sentence arabella tell us the thing about the dogs and the cats we will improve the protection of dogs and cats. By doing what? Covering them in tinkly bells or, like, <laughs> wrapping them in bubble wrap or putting them on a shelf? What's the opposite of that sentence? We will harm cats and dogs. What, what, what are you doing? Maybe maybe it'll be like double encryption or something. Maybe maybe it's dogs who are who have unsafe cyber experiences or or are getting fishing subject to phishing attacks on Google. Yeah, and there's all sorts of stuff in here that's um a bit all over the shop, isn't there? What are they um what's the one that got your goat? Oh, there's some nice stuff about um balance. Your old your old friend balance. You know you're in for babble when the balance clacks and gets brought out. Uh, so there's this, this Davies review. Yeah, listeners, I'm sure, will be aware that airport expansion, which sort of they all kind of ruled out last time round, um, then quite soon into this parliament, all the parties started getting a bit jittery about it. Someone said, let's have a review and uh, we'll all implement the... the um, the recommendations of that review, and then they realised there was another election coming up and promptly made sure that the review wasn't going to be published until after the election. So this time, they said, following the Davies review, Davis review, uh, we will make a swift decision on expanding airport capacity in London and the South East, balancing the need mm. for growth and the environmental impact. Um, and it's things like this really bring home kind of for your 
people who actually properly care about the planet. It kind of brings home what you're up against, really. That there are there are there is a scale, and on one side is growth, and on the other side is protecting the only place we've got to live, and that is <laughs> that is sort of seen as some sort of trade off, and everyone's supposed to go, hooray, whoop, how responsible. <laughs> Right, next, Liberal Democrats. This is the Good. one that is, how long is it? 150 pages? 160, I think. Blimey. 160, I think. There was an amazing thing, in, which you sent me this, mm-hmm. um, in the uh, in a Telegraph, um, which, and this is, <laughs> this is the kind of approach I think more papers should take to the manifesto pro- process. Uh, their, their headline was, Four Great Novels You Could Read Faster Than the Liberal Democrat <laughs> Manifesto. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> And uh, 33,000 words and 160 pages, the Lib Dem Manifesto is by far the longest of the general election. Now, we'll, we'll come, we'll on, come to on to that, won't we? <laughs> and they've, uh, they've listed some novels, some very famous and very good novels that you could read quicker, including Animal Farm by George Orwell. I love Orwell. He's written some incredible stuff about verbosity. Um, we could probably learn a thing or two mm. uh, on this podcast, but he's, he's so economical with words. Uh, unlike the Lib Dem manifesto. But still, we have to say what's in it. So what have we got? Well, you've waded into this a bit more than me. I reckon there's some decent enough stuff in there, actually. Um, yeah, no, hands up, hands up there. I think uh, I think the Lib Dem manifesto is not bad hmm. from a green point of view. Uh, we'll maybe come out, come out later. We'll come on to the to the high points in general because there are some good points. There are some good points. Some good points. Um, but I think overall it is not... Bad. However, mm, what you got? Mm, back to our old friend fracking. Okay. Yeah, shower gas. This is good. Arabella, give us some. Uh, give us some babble. We will require that once a shale gas well is finished, it must be offered at no cost to geothermal heat developers to enable faster expression of this renewable technology. If you wanted to enable faster expansion of a renewable energy technology like geothermal, which is like getting the heat out of the earth and using it Mm. to turn turbines and stuff, why don't you just spend more money on renewable energy technologies like geothermal where you get heat out of the ground (laughs) and use it to turn turbines why have you got to in order to get a renewable technology more developed have you got to do fossil fuels i don't understand that i'm making any sense yeah yeah it's um well it's a bit like saying we are going to incentivize loads of cars um to be built so that we can have loads of roads on which then people can cycle yeah yeah or instead you could just build cycle lanes and cut out yep. the middleman. All very confusing. But I think if one if there's one thing that the main parties all agree on, it's that fracking is great and we should frack. Ah, nearly there. Well done, listener. Keep with us. Uh, the Green Party also got their manifesto out this week. And you know how we were saying that the Lib Dems had the longest? Well, they did in pages, mm. but not in words, not by a long shot. Have you, have you ever been given a... Uh, it's like a job application where they say, send send across your um, covering letter, which should be no more than two sides, and you go, right, page setup. Set this to margins narrow, mm-hmm. spacing zero, and point 
nine font in Times New Roman. Or Arial Narrow, yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is what happens when you allow people who don't like printing things out to, uh, <laughs> to, to make a manifesto. What you get is 84 pages, which is in itself, to be honest, which is in itself for a party that is not going to form the government. Ludicrously long, right? 42,918 words. Wow, which is not far off the the pretty much widely accepted fifty thousand words that makes a novel like a proper decent sized novel. If you enter no- novel writing competitions, you generally have to write fifty thousand words. It is not far off that. Um, and how's the plot development? The well, <laughs> I tell you what, it's, it it there's detail. Um, here's an actual sentence. From the Green Party Manifesto. So this is an actual sentence that was written down and signed off and appears in a political party manifesto for the year 2015 in the United Kingdom. Every second breath we take is made possible by phytoplankton releasing oxygen into the oceans. (laughs) I don't... It's the weirdest thing I've ever read. The, the Green Party, you know, the, right, cards on the table. There's a lot of stuff in this manifesto that is very good for the environment. It's the Green Party. Yeah. You would expect yeah. that, right? Um, why have they got to write things like this? They get savage for saying things like, you know, end animal experiments and economic growth isn't always great and all of that sort of stuff, which, which idiot knee-jerk people just like to savage for no reason, right? But they don't do themselves any favours by explaining how oxygen gets into our body um, in, in the middle of a, a political party. And this is, you know, maybe we can finish this section off where we started. Why have the Greens spent... All of this time, we know, you know, that they don't they have the hugest amount of resource. Why have they done 42,918 words, of which quite a considerable amount are completely redundant? Why have they done that? Who's this for? What's the point? Who's it for? Who's it for? Yeah. That's the question, isn't it? And beyond desperate little podcasters like you, you and me looking for, for nuggets of babble in it and, um, you know, people who are in the media and have to have something to say every hour of every day about this election. Beyond those people, I don't really get who's reading this. Very, very few voters, I imagine, are pouring over every page of every manifesto in order to weigh up the pros and cons of who they're going to vote for. So who is it for? And why do they feel the need to introduce a kind of second-rate biology lesson to explain how stuff works in their manifesto? What are you going to do? I don't, don't tell me how stuff works. Tell me how are you going to change it? Yeah, or even more accurately, to be honest, if you're a party like the Green Party or even, I dare say, the Liberal Democrats or someone like that, and you may, if you are very lucky, you may get to have a few demands in the way the government shapes up. Why don't you just say, look, you know what we stand for, go and check out our website because we write our list down anyway. Here's the stuff that if we get in any sort of say about it, here are the two or three things we're actually going to bother to really try to make happen. Um, and if you want, you can tell us what you think about that. Why don't you just do that and then spend all the time and money that they've got getting really, really good at talking about those things. It's not, to be honest, if you go back to episode seven, when we looked at Natalie Bennett's interview that she did when she, the first time, that was the second time, wasn't it? When she got kind of torn apart a bit for not knowing her facts. I've got to say, and you know, I don't, I don't mean this cruelly, 
I'm not surprised she doesn't know all the detail of everything, given that there's 42,918 words. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be a bit better to have a few things and really, really know about them? Yeah, and I, I think that's right. And and leading on from that, a, a lot of people will have seen this week the, the election broadcast the Green Party mm. did, which was brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. Which is brilliant. Yeah. It was, for people who didn't see it, it was a, a spoof video of, um, of a boy band um, singing... Um, it's singing in harmony, and and it was supposed to be the four leaders of the of this sort of establishment parties all basically saying the same thing, and it was hilarious. It was really really good, and it was exactly what you don't expect from a party who have been perceived fairly or unfairly uh, in the past to be a bit pious and a bit you know a bit preachy and boring. It was excellent, and everyone was talking about it and sharing it on social media, and and it's really good. And that is a sort of example, I think, when you're a small party that has no chance of forming a government of exactly the sort of thing you should be putting your resource into doing really creative challenging fun shareable things that people who aren't even that interested in in politics have a look at because it's fun not producing these kind of a-level dissertation tomes that no one cares about in half of the week Ols developed a sore throat and he's asked me to go first on this bit. So I'm going to say uh, this is the part of the podcast where we look at the beastly, awful, terrible people, the complete and utter nasty toe rags who make everything so awful and wicked. And it's named after Senator Jim Inhofe, who, well, just go back and listen to a few of our podcasts. Try episode 11 for size, first of all. Um what we have not talked about yet, there's one big stinky flappy elephant manifesto that we haven't talked about yet, which is, of course, Ollie. It is the Kippers. Yeah, the UKIPs. That's right. The UKIPs. Yeah. And they've done their manifesto. And it's fairly safe to say that we didn't quite feel that they fitted neatly into the category of sustainer babble or manifesto babble of the week because they one thing they don't do is babble on about the environment. Give them their credit about that. Um, yeah, you know where you stand you with them. You know where you stand with the kippers. Um, so there are quite a few things in the UKIP manifesto. You know, it is not a surprise to anyone who remotely follows UK politics that UKIP think climate change is all made up, um, which, you know, it isn't. So that's kind of problematic, isn't it? Uh, but they repeat the thing they've said lots and lots, which is that they will repeal the Climate Change Act because it costs the economy loads of money, you know, quite ignoring the fact that pretty much everyone says it'll cost you a lot more if you don't do anything about it. Not news. UKIP, climate sceptic, not news, right? But yeah. some of the stuff you found in their manifesto, it's even worse. It's like, it's like, imagine if you didn't believe in God and you had a manifesto. Just imagine for a second that you don't believe in God. And you have a manifesto which says, uh, we will get rid of all churches because we don't believe in God. All right, fine, fair enough. But then the next step that they've done is they said, not only that, but we're going to go around and open satanic cults all over the country. <laughs> we're going to find everywhere where there's currently a church, we're going to sit outside it and we're going to open up a satanic cult and we're going to sacrifice goats to the god of umla <laughs> and we're going to do it all over the country in order to harness our indigenous satan worshipping uh, populations that's basically what they're doing isn't it here's what they said um seek we will right seek to secure the survival oh good start mm. this is going to be survival of like the bee or, mm, or, or any the, other pollinators under, yeah, exactly, under threat. Seek to secure the survival and expansion Ooh. of our indigenous coal industry uh. in the form uh. 
of deep, yeah. open cast oh. and drift mining. Oh, I don't even know what drift mining is. I know that open cast is that horrible one, isn't it? Where they just basically chuck off the top of a mountain and dig yeah. it up for coal and, just and then grind go it away. Up. Yeah. We haven't actually before had, have we, a, 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 an Inhofe that is an organisation rather than an Inhofe that is an individual. I mean, there are individuals in UKIP that are particularly responsible for this stuff, like Roger Helmer, who's an MEP, who's got a considerable amount of form that we can't go into right now on just ignoring science and economics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, it's the party as a whole that need to go into Inhofe corner this week, I think. This is probably the first time certainly in recent years, that you've got a party that is going to get a significant amount of the vote in this country that are going out there and saying, vote for us because we th- we disagree with with science and we disagree with economics and we actively want to make this thing worse that people in the world widely think is one of the threats that's going to cause us the biggest trouble in the year ahead. And I don't think they're going to be able to get away with it. I think as they get bigger and bigger and need to be taken more and more seriously, they're going to have to stop saying stuff like climate change isn't real and science is made up because, uh, you know, it's, it is ultimately going to hurt them. And so this might be the one and only time we have a major party who says this sort of stuff in their manifesto. Reasons to be cheerful. So there's got to be some reason to be cheerful. We've got the a combined publication of the size of the complete works of Shakespeare that's been brought out. Um, some of it has got to be good news, right? It's a bit when it is, it is slightly disingenuous of us to pretend that it's all babble. Um, and it isn't. No. Right. Lib Dems said earlier that I think of the biggest three parties, theirs is the best. And um, I, I think I'm going to stand by that. They have said, and I want this genuinely surprised me. I did not see this coming. They have said they will oppose any expansion of Heathrow, Stansted or Gatwick and they will oppose any new airport in the Thames Estuary. And, and I quote, we will ensure no net increase in runways across the UK. It's pretty good, isn't it? Pretty good. That. Pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty ambitious stuff. I like that. Um, what else? What else in the Dems? Anything else? Anything else cheery? Uh, yep. They have said they will set a legally binding decarbonisation target. Yeah. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Yeah, there we are. Got the, got the music on. Go for it. <laughs> uh, and not only uh, a target, but a target range. Oh, oh, I love a target stop. range. Stop. For 2030, for the power sector. Stop. And that is basically saying... Disgraceful minx. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible flirt. Uh, it's one, it's just one big love letter. The the uh, Lib Dem <laughs> the manifesto. Uh, what about any other manifestos? Other things. Well, yes. Well, stuff that stuff that you you like. They're going to have a big old review of yeah. the economic impact of using less stuff. Oh, don't tell people I like reviews of economic impacts. They'll stop listening. I like you I can, like nice things. I like fluffy animals and and uh, being nice to strangers. I don't get it. I, I, I really listen. I really don't get excited by economic <laughs> reviews. Please don't stop listening. Come, please, please come back. Please come back. It's too late. <laughs> this is not really not any of this a reason to be cheerful. 
This no. is this is a reason for policy wonks to scratch around and go, uh, well, there's some good things in there. But if what you're taking is, you know, you're taking the manifesto stuff as a whole, what I've what I think we've heard earlier is for every good thing, there's a bad thing. For every sort of warning about climate change, there's a thing in most of the manifestos that's going to make it worse. And some of them are better than other ones. And you know, I think the Lib Dems and the Greens seem greener than some of the other ones. Um, but it's kind of hard, given how important you and I and our listenership presumably think saving the planet is. It is kind of hard. It, I'm sorry, but it is kind of hard to be cheerful about these phenomenal, great, flappy works of, of semi-fiction banging on about how the only thing that really matters is growth. And if we have any space left, we'll save the planet. Um, I can't be cheerful about it. I can't. I'm not doing it. Up yours. For, <laughs> for once, Dave, I will let you off. I think it is... Maybe it's because I'm exceptionally tired, but I think it is this week legitimate to be decidedly cup half empty about the whole darn situation. Prediction time. Yeah, so this is the bit of the show where every week we wump our crystal balls onto the table, give them a good sparkling and see what comes out. And we have been at this game now for 14 episodes, as you hopefully know, and we have managed to, so far, get one each right, which, considering we do this stuff for a living, is absolutely disgracefully awful. Um, and we've got a couple of catch-up on due to timing issues with the last podcast. So, uh, podcast before last, Ollie made a prediction, didn't you, about... Um, all of the party manifestos coming out uh, in that week, which mm. we couldn't look at last week because we did it too early, but they didn't, did they? They all came out uh, last week as people listened to it not two weeks ago. Yes, they um, they very much didn't come out the week I said they were going to come out and the week after that. So, um, yep, well done me. I, I'm not even surprised anymore. Um, and then after that, I made a prediction about the UK's hottest day of the year so far, which I was rightly, by all, accused of being a little bit silly about because it's spring and that implies that you are going to have the hottest day. But it did get a bit warm, didn't it? I was on holiday. Very warm. Very, very warm. And I was half right with my prediction in that The Guardian and papers like it did have lots of pictures of fat pink people on a beach uh, with knotted cloth hats on their head eating ice creams and bullying donkeys and stuff like that um, but they, they didn't um, they papped your holiday then did they <laughs> very good uh, but they didn't do the thing i actually predicted which was say and look it's climate change although i th- i think if you actually read the text of the main article that the guardian in particular did there's a kind of implication that it was unusually hot for the time of year but they didn't actually no, come no, out and no. say that no fair no, not having a kind of implication you said headline you said I narrative did, headline i did say narrative headline i was i was wrong um and so it's still one all good what you got all right uh so i suppose i should have a go and um well this is dull but i'll do it anyway i think we haven't seen the end of kind of environmenty manifesto things oh please what really you're starting to get sort of themed manifestos so Mm. labor party the other day just sort of quietly released the women's manifesto um, and I think there's going to be some stuff in the environment. I I don't believe that this is everything that the parties have got to say on the environment. So between now and the next episode, at least one of the major political parties will release something which they're calling something like their environment manifesto or their green plan or something. <laughs> 
so that's about all we have time for thank you listener for sticking with us as we get all upset about everything that all politicians ever say um, thank you all for your for not swearing because it's made the editing job much easier exactly no it's been a delight thank you Arabella thank you um, Arabella overtime I hope she's getting paid yeah. uh, time and a half at least this week uh, people are people allergic much. to the sound of a five year old reading out political party manifesto sound bites really are going to come out in hives this week aren't they <laughs> Thank you too to Dickie Moore and Bearcraft for the wonderful music that we play at the beginning and end and sometimes in the middle of this show. You can tweet at us at the Babble Wagon. You can send us an email at hello at sustainababble.fish. And you'll note this week not a single fish pun. Oh, Dave, did you notice the fish pun? in last week's episode that I don't think you meant and I didn't hear when you said it. I think it was the one about on the fly, was it? It was! Yeah! Oh, did you mean it? Or I was didn't it, mean was it, it so I, subtle? I, I didn't mean it, but when I listened back to it, I, I, yes, I, I did. Yeah, I noticed. Sorry, that was really self-congratulatory of us, but I was just really tickled when I... Tickled! You can tickle for trout! There's another oh, one! Okay, enough, enough, enough. <laughs> Thanks, listener. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I've actually got a sore throat. I've been shouting so much. <laughs> <laughs>